Blog Talk Radio. Geico presents Sharing versus Oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippin shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Class Limited does not promote any host or guest individual practice programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Welcome to Life with Autism, Autism Dads, where we discuss anything autism-related from a dad's perspective. A uh, big thank you to the Coffee Clash for helping us to make this series possible. You can hear our past episodes and other hosts with their shows at thecoffeeclatch.com. I'm Joel Manser, lead editor of Autism.com, and my co-host is Rob Gorski of theautismdad.com. Today's topic, we're continuing from the last episode, Diagnosis Part 1. Uh, we're continuing the conversation on how we dads deal with the autism diagnosis uh, from a personal perspective. So, Rob, um, here we are trying to deal with the uh, diagnosis and all this stuff, and we carried on from last last uh, last episode. Um, where were we in <laughs> conversation? It's been a little bit. <clears throat> oh, jeez. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, Joel. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think we were basically just kind of, um, you know, talking talking about, uh, as I'm trying to think about what I did last week, I have my kid's therapist texting me. Uh, it, just, it, just nev- it just never ends. Um no, we, we were basically just discussing kind of. Well, I guess I, w- I was sharing what what I experienced um, mm-hmm. during the three times that I, uh, you know, sat in a room and, and heard the words "your child has autism" or Asperger's or whatever, you know, it happened to be, right. you know, in relation to whatever child I was I was there with. Um, 
and then uh, you know there, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about um, with that you know and and, and it's a very mm-hmm. complex thing that that I don't think you can understand unless you've been there I mean it, it's like you know what it's like I, I've 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 heard people say, you know, it's like trying to explain to someone what it's like to have cancer when they don't have cancer, you know, unless you are experiencing that, it's really hard to kind of, um, I I guess, help somebody to understand. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, uh, trying to describe an emotion when it's really more of a feeling than something to put into words. Um. Yeah, I know one of the challenges. One of the challenges I had was that we had an inkling, we had an understanding that something was not right um, in our in our situation. Um, I just call my son Short Stack. You know, I think we'll we'll talk about you know our blogging styles and how we share our journey in another episode. But um, from what we discussed, you know, privately in another realm, uh, one of the right. Uh, one of the um, things that we had a challenge with was trying to get the diagnosis. You know, it took us almost four years to get the diagnosis. We had a, you know, short stack. He he had a speech delay, and there were some other signs. But we had an under, we had a cursory understanding of autism and what that could mean and all that type of stuff. But we're like, we're not sure, but we need to get the diagnosis. You know, so we knew that getting a diagnosis for us would be like, you know, actually putting some type of name on what's going on because he wasn't talking. You know, it's screams here or just kind of looking at us like he is trying to talk, but no words are coming out of his mouth. Um, His mouth would be closed and he would just look at us like he's trying to say something or he's saying something, but we're not hearing anything, um, which causes frustration you know, for anybody. And that's you know, a helpless, that's a really helpless, it's a helpless feeling. I, oh, mean, yeah. I remember that with, oh, yeah. with my youngest Emmett, he didn't talk. I think he didn't start talking until he was four. They had actually, they had actually told us he was non, he was going to be nonverbal and that he would likely never say anything. Um, yeah. And it really is a so helpless. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is. And when you're trying to fight for a diagnosis, um, that's a challenge because you have pediatricians that, you know, are going, oh, just wait six months. Then, you know, but, but we'll we'll send you to a speech therapist who will give some type of extra testing in that area and work with him. And the speech therapist says, you know, I can try to help you, you know, but, you know, wait six months. And so yeah. you're waiting at the same time. You're like, some, it's not a speech delay. It's something else is going on. So my wife and my mother-in-law is working full-time at the time, and my wife and mother-in-law ended up taking, you know, short stack up to Richmond, Virginia, which is like two, two and a half hours away from where we live, and mm-hmm. had to go to a special institute that dealt with the diagnoses. And then, which essentially means he's got to go through this whole plethora of testing that they do, the specialized testing that they do, just to get some type of write-up. 
and spent the whole day there. Documentation. And, and then all that uh, documentation. And then, of course, you're not going to get an immediate result. they got to analyze the data. So you're waiting another six months just to get some packet of paper that says, this is what we've discovered. And and, and you can't do anything, I mean, as far as services, until you have yeah, that packet of paper. Do, yeah, so here it is already a year into, well, technically like two, two and a half years, uh, just before we even get to a point to where she says, forget this, we're, we're going to do something because this just isn't right. He went, he, we were asked to pull him from a daycare because he was getting aggressive. Um, another school, um, because of behavioral issues, there, there's like two schools we had to pull him out of because of behavior issues. And it's all associated with his communication. He would, mm-hmm. A lot of his behavior issues are the fact that to him, he's telling us everything, but to us, right. we're not receiving it. And so right. it's frustration. You know, if he's hurting, if he's hungry, if he's, you know, he expects us to read his mind. But the reality of it is I think Carly Fleischman really opened my eyes when she was typing out, you know, her experience from being nonverbal. And it just really helped me out with her book. Uh, her and her dad wrote that book, Carly's Voice. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me out, um, get that perspective. But it was it was all this behavioral issues, and we're like, something's wrong. So here we are two, two and a half years into it. Finally, she goes and gets them tested. And then, you know, we still had to wait six months, you know, to get any type of response. And all the fighting with the doctors, pediatricians and, and speech therapists. And finally we get him tested. And then six months later we get the paperwork. And it says PDP-NOS. <laughs> and on one, on one yeah. hand you're, like, relieved because you've got the, you got the paperwork that says, okay, PDP-NOS. All right, pervasive right. developmental disorder not otherwise specified. And you're thinking to yourself, what does that mean? <laughs> like, well, and it's like a limbo. It's like a limbo diagnosis too, because a lot of mm-hmm. people didn't understand that that autism falls under the uh, that diagnosis. You know, it's it's an umbrella. Yeah. autism fits underneath it. Uh, and so, yeah. but unless it's labeled autism a lot of a lot of places don't even you know recognize PDDNOS and and you end up having to fight a whole new battle uh and welcome to my world <laughs> yeah you know welcome and you know what i find I, I i find it really yeah. interesting because like my experience with having all three of the kids diagnosed was i mean there was there was no battle there was no fighting there was no um i mean it maybe took 6 months I mean, I, I don't remember the actual time frame, but it, but it wasn't anything that uh, that um, I, I guess was an uphill battle, you know. And 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 I and, and I know you're right because there, there's I hear from so many parents from like all over the globe, and, and you know they talk about how. Mm-hmm they're on waiting lists for two years or, you know, there's, uh, Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't just now to, it might be just to get the diagnosis. Yeah. 
and and it's and, and it's you're you're fighting for two years for something that you you don't really want to hear in the first place, but you right. can't you can't move forward w- with your life and you can't. Um, in a lot of ways, it's like your life is paused because you can't get your child the help that they need in order to um, reach whatever you know level of potential that that they they have, you know, or be the best them mm-hmm. that they can be. Because without that, yeah, that was, piece of paper that yeah. says, you know, yeah, that was one of the things that that was frustrating to us. Is okay, well, we got this diagnosis. Now what? Um, then we were finally able to go to the public school system, you know, and right. deal with special needs and getting the IEP, getting him started on the track. We couldn't do anything until yeah. we had some type of diagnosis because otherwise you're just mainstreaming him and he has no ability to handle it. And Yep. They're set up you know, he wasn't, he, at that point. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, and then – you're dealing with the public school system, and they're on, you know, that rigid schedule that, you know, you have to have this. If you believe he has this type of diagnosis, you have to have the documentation, blah, blah, blah. You're on there, and my wife took the point on a lot of this stuff, you know, and right. here I am going, what do I do? Here I am the dad. What do I do? You know, if I intervene, you know, I might be muddy in the waters. If I step in and help out, I might be making things worse, you know, um, right. just because there's two chiefs in the, two chiefs in the area dealing with point, point man, you know, that type of stuff. Too um, many cooks so, in the kitchen. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many things going on. So what I ended up having to do is say, hey, you know, we had to set our boundaries as this is what she's going to take point on, but I need to be informed. You know, make sure that I'm on right. the same page. So I would be in a support capacity. What does she need to be able to, um, you know, handle the IEP meetings? What Do I need to be at some of them? You know, just my presence there to be in support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what type of stuff? It, I think that's a challenge that I get from some other autism dads is that, you know, the ones that aren't, they're kind of lost you know, in the in the mix of what do I do, you know, that type of thing. And my thing is get active and then work with your spouse to figure out what your role is and then just be there, be consistent. Yes, Jeff, I <laughs> – well, and like for me, for me I was always um, – I guess I, I was always sort of very hands-on, um, mm-hmm. and and with with my I mean you know my situation, but um, <clears throat> with with my situation at the time, uh, you know I, I was able to you know be at I mean I was probably at every appointment you know I, I was there for every diagnosis. Um, you know, we we were sort of a unified team. There there were things that um, you know my wife at the time would sort of spearhead. You know, a lot of it would you know she would call and make the appointments and stuff like that. But you know, we were sort of a team. You know, mm-hmm. going into in, into that, you know, um, right. 
you know, and and it was just sort of something. That, I mean, and and, and it, everybody has a different sort of dynamic, you know, and, and you have to yeah. do what works for you. You know, for, for me, um, especially after Elliot and Emmett were born, um, you know, because Gavin, my oldest, is was my wife's son from previous marriage, and so he was, wasn't my biological child, and and I hadn't adopted him uh, at the time mm-hmm. yet. And so there were times I, I sort of felt like I was stepping on toes, you know, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be there, but then I wasn't sure if I should be there. You know, his dad was never involved. And so I sort of felt like I could, I needed to step in and I wanted to step in. But, you know, once Elliot and Emma were born, I, I mean, you couldn't drag me away from, oh, you yeah. know, these things. And, uh, and and I yeah, think that, that sort of helped me to get a better understanding. Yeah, getting that understanding is the is the you know the role of of what we as dads need to do. And I think right. one of the things is that you know there was a period of time to where it's like your shock, you know, the shock of okay now I have this diagnosis. And like you said, you know, it's not really what I wanted to hear, but at the same token, you're almost in in a state of relief. You know, it's like you okay. can put a face to a name. You, you put a name to what yeah. it is that you're you're up against, what your child is up against, and and you can uh, yeah. It, it almost yeah. It, it feels like you know what you're fighting, and then once you get a name, then you can know better how to I would say combat it, but that probably doesn't sound the way. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the. I think over the years it went from, for me, combating autism or tackling it or, or like on a physical, we'd say, you know, tackling the puzzle. And, you know, some people mm-hmm. get offensive, offended, offended by the aspect of, you know, what are you tackling? What do you mean? You know, they're, it's almost kind of confrontational. And no. emotionally yeah. it is. Emotionally it is confrontational because you can't communicate with your kid. You know, I the the challenges that I had weren't just dealing with you know the expectation as a dad being gone. You know, and I, have, I have a whole different set of expectations. I don't know exactly what they are, and so you have that whole thing that's just in a whole state of flux, and you learn to go with the flow a little bit more. And so you kind of like, all right, so what? Then you start learning more about your kid and, or kids and figuring out what works best for them and this family dynamic. And you're like, all right, where am I in the mix? I can't go to baseball games with my kid because it's too much sensory input. Most public mm-hmm. places I can't go, too much sensory input. Um, I've been able to take him to, like, a fast food place and sit down for, like, 30, 40 minutes and – getting to the point to where he can be able to be around a restaurant that isn't fully crowded. Um, so you try to introduce these things, and these are simple things to the average person. But to us, it's like pulling teeth, you know, it's because of all the sensory issues. You know, it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's it, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, that's quite all right. Um, the... The, the, the challenge that that the emotions that I had to deal with were resentment. You know, it's, yeah. I resented the fact that I had to deal with this and 
I look across the street and I see, you know, where we live, like within, within like five city blocks, you know, there's 20 other families with Asperger's and autistic children. And, really? you know, yeah, I mean, that's just in our major neighborhood, you know, and so, you know, on varying end, end of the spectrum, most of them high functioning or Asperger's. And so, I mean, I look down the street and I'm already looking at three homes, you know, of people that have dealt with kids on the spectrum, somewhere on the spectrum. And so, you know, you're dealing with that enviness of somebody that can be able to communicate, that can talk, that can be able to say I'm hurting or I'm hungry, you know, things like that. And simple communication that just says, how are you feeling? How can I help you, you know, as a parent? Right. And that's not there. And so what you get instead is the immediate scream and the hitting of and the punching and the kicking and the biting uh, when it's just the bare pressure is going crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, or, or, you know, he's hungry and it's like, did we, we're too routine, but what, what did I miss type of thing? Or did something yeah. happen at school you know, when he was at school that I'm not aware of or we're not aware of that's impacting him and he's just starting to show the, be able to express himself that he had a bad day. That's um, a big thing. You know, because that, I deal with that with my kids. Yeah, that's a scary thing because you don't know what's going on. They don't tell you. It's kind of like having teenagers in the house. Um, <laughs> now, I know how my, now I know how my parents felt. Um, <laughs> it's a little early, but, you know, start off young. Um but now I can kind of chuckle and laugh about it. You know, it's like, okay, this is the way it is. All right. I've I've seen this before, sometimes in myself. I'm not really happy about that. Mirrors are a reflection. Kids are a reflection of ourselves. Right. But it's, it's those, and it's kind of hitting you all at once, all these emotions, all these frustrations, all this angst and resentment. And then you turn around and you're like, wait a minute. It's not about me. You know, it's it's about my kid. You know, and yeah, that's. I had to come to that point in in dealing with the diagnosis that it had nothing to do with me, that it wasn't my fault. You know, it's not my fault that he became this way. You know, people go, oh, it's genetics, so oh, it's causation. I'm like, causation is going to be researched and figured out, but at the end of the day, the way his actions and his attitudes are are a reflection of my actions. That's about as me as I can get. But everything in dealing with a diagnosis has nothing to do with me personally, except just how I'm going to take care of him and make it, you know, provide the services to where he can be the best him that he can be. And hmm. it's really about him. It's it's really all about him in that regard. Is how can I be able to help him? How can I be able to learn more about him? So, you know, as a result of that four years of struggle of getting the diagnosis and getting him into a place to where he can start thriving, getting him into that that routine, you know, part of that, as a result of it, and from the other stuff that I did online, autismable was birthed. You know, mm-hmm. and and that really wasn't that really wasn't out of me. It was out of other people going, 
Joel, we see you blogging about your kid. How about you head up a site that deals with that? And I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to learn more about my son. But other families really started to, I started learning from like your family, you know, reading your blog and other families mm-hmm. and reading their blogs and, and individuals. And that's how I've been able to cope and learn about my son and deal with the diagnosis much easier and say, you know, there's, I forget the blogger's name. Uh, I think it's uh, autism with a side of fries. It would say, mm-hmm. you know, autism is just a setting on the dryer. You know, that's, you know, all these different things. No, normal is just a dryer, normal is a dryer setting. Normal is just a dryer setting. That's right. And, yeah. you know, all these, all these other bloggers and stuff, you know, you, it's just they've learned to deal with it. I'm learning a lot from the autism moms. You know, it's like okay, and then well, cause that's most of, that's most of what's available. There isn't there isn't uh, you know there isn't a lot of dads that really open up for whatever reason. You know, um, I, I think well, I there's think... more now as t- time goes on. But w- when I started blogging what, seven or eight years ago, there wasn't there wasn't anybody. Uh, oh, I know. And, and yeah, I, I, so I, I guess... That was a crazy time. I, I was probably one of the first uh, to start doing that from, from a dad's perspective. And, and I never, you know, I never did it with the intention of anybody ever reading it. I didn't understand how social media worked. I wasn't involved in any of that. It was it was a uh, like a digital journal for me because I, I don't do like paper and pencil. I'm a tech guy, so it had to be something that was engaging. And uh, yeah, you know, and then it it started to get, you know get around people who you know found it in search engines and stuff like that, and then it just became this big thing. And uh, and, and that's, <laughs> yeah, here I am, you know. Uh, I'd never have met you, you know, if if if, uh, if I hadn't, you know, done that. But uh, well, there was you know there it, was one instance, there was one instance, and I think you and I talked about this, and we probably mm-hmm. brought up on a previous episode that the concept of you you brought about a bunch of series of dealing with autism. You brought other bloggers onto your site. And, of course, I had a lot of stuff going on with Autisable at the time as well. And, you know, when you get a phone call and you, you're fighting with, you know, I was fighting with, uh, and when I was fighting, I'm talking like there were some arguments. There was right, some, right, yeah. you know, downright disagreements with how things should be and, you know, how the state should provide, you know, for certain you know, therapies and treatments or the insurance companies should be able to do this. And when you're talking to people that are in the professional world and they're like, you shouldn't be able to do that. I'm explaining, no, we don't have the services. We don't. Should be able to and and can do are two very, very different things. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're trying, you know, most of the frustration ironically for, for me didn't really have to deal with, my son's diagnosis. The diagnosis was like a relief for us. There was frustration on dealing with communicating with my son, and there still is at times, but it's gotten better. Um, but that's just, you know, parenting times 10 in terms of communication issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the biggest frustration has nothing to do with dealing with my son. You know, it, it that my son's a great kid. He laughs. He loves right. to play. And we have a great time, like like any father-son moments. It's just not your typical, hey, let's go to a baseball game thing. It's let's, you know, let's sit around, let's chill out, let's let's uh, let's go play. He wants to go on the swing set, trampoline, whatever. That's what, you know, he wants right. to have fun in his own way. And you he find, your, find your own way. Yeah, and but the bigger frustration has nothing to do with that. It has to do with getting across to legislators, getting across to insurance companies, getting across to, you know, just the general public, that autism to us really has nothing to do with some of the hot topics that the media purports. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, it really has to deal with how can we get services for our kids so this awesome kid can be a productive member of society. Yeah, you know, and, you know, that's that's really where, you know, I'm looking at, okay, what can I do to vent my frustration in this regard? And I think we're going to continue that on the next episode of Dealing with Stress. But, you know, that's really where my, you know, the diagnosis was one thing. But it's like, oh, man, you know, why do I have to have this conversation ten times with the, with ten different people pertaining to the same issue um, just to get one oh, service yeah. for my kid? <laughs> it's like, really? Yep. <laughs> like, you know, oh. Nothing with uh, red tape is, and bureaucracy. Is, oh, yeah. it's When you start filling out forms and you're going, I went through this form last year with the same teacher. Same Don't school, you have copies? Same teacher. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you got you got the copies from last year, right? Yeah, but we need a new copy. No, you don't. You got why, the documentation. Why do you need a new? Yeah, it's not a smooth process. Find it and go back. <laughs> it's it's you know everything about autism and parenting and, and navigating the world is is a work in progress, and someday, you know, those who have followed in our footsteps will uh maybe have a have a smoother process but it is i mean well, you, I know. you have to fight for everything and that's some people oh, just yeah. don't they don't get they don't they don't get it why are they you so tired it. all the time and... you know <laughs> well, joel you came into work with bruises on your arms what was happening did you like enter mma fighting training or something i'm like no feels like it you know did you notice that yesterday was was a beautiful day but today is storming <laughs> mm-hmm. it definitely means last night there was a uh something that we weren't fully prepared for you know and right. he had issues you know he had some he had a rough night and yep i happened to be the target of his aggression because he was he was hurting and he wanted to share that he was hurting and so it's like, oh, oh, okay. And they don't get it. They see the results of it. And it's like, if you don't live it, why are you judging? I, I remember, you know, dealing with a diagnosis and then hearing from people running for for office saying that autism is a fad, you know, and that would just get under my skin. And then I'd get other people saying, oh, I'm so sorry for you, you know, and that both sides hurt. Both sides hurt because it's like you know you you appreciate the compassion, 
you know, from the people that yeah. really want to help. But I'm like, if you really want to help, why don't you watch my kid for one night so I can take my wife out? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's the, you know, that's really what you want to say, but you want to be polite. You know, it's, uh, I'm can not you give my wife, you know, can those, those are the types of things that it's like, uh, so that's the angst and the frustration. And at the same time, you're trying to be polite because really it's the right thing to do, you know, and at at times I hear, you know, hear people discussing some things. And this particular episode of the podcast is, is kind of more of a complaint fest than anything else. Um, but it's it's one of those things. It's like, hey, these are the frustrations. You know, these are the, right. dealing with the diagnosis that we as dads deal with, you know. And, you know, if people have already switched off the episode, well, you know, hey, there's plenty of other stuff going on. But it's, it's those frustrations. Um, yeah. And then finding, I think, I think one of the juggling acts, and I know I'm kind of jumbling around in the conversation here, is is the juggling act that I've that I've had to play a part in is finding my role is you know me being a regular dad typical dad is not going to be my role you know and I think you went through that phase too you know it's you're not going to go to the you know campground mm-hmm. and go three nights of camping you know, or deal with, you know, Cub Scouts or deal with whatever. Right. Um, you know, all those outdoor, outdoor activities, you're not going to go cycling with your kid or, you know, teach him to ride a bike um, because, quite honestly, he's not going to hear you when you say you need to stop or turn. Um, right, yeah, there's, there's the, the safety things. Um, so, you know, all those typical bad things are... I don't want to say thrown out the window, but they are postponed indefinitely until the kid can accommodate in his actions and stuff and be able to mm-hmm. deal with those things. And that's tough because that's not what we as dads expect. And the dads that are around, you know, that's great. Like you and I were hands on. But, you know, I've been to, you know, some autism functions in parks, you know, walk for autism type stuff, you know, for for like local Tidewater Autism Society or or some of the other, you know, events. And, you know, you'd get these moms coming up and they'd be like, I know my kid has autism. I have the diagnosis, but my husband won't do anything. And how would you address that? You know, I mean, really, how would you? <laughs> if if a mom came up to you and said, I, I know my kid has autism, but my husband is just like, you know, they're impressed oh, that their husband doesn't want it. Are you, are you, are you, are are you just making a general question? Are you seriously asking me? Because I actually have, I, I, I actually have uh, that happen quite often, <laughs> actually. Yeah, and I, I, do, I, I don't, I, I don't like do. to, uh, what do I do? Um, well, you know, I don't know. That, that's one of those things where I, I really don't like to kind of get in the middle of something like that. But 
Right. You know, I mean, the reality is, you know, everybody deals with things differently. And, and there's some dads out there that are just never going to care or they're never going to whatever. But I, I think largely, um, you know, most most guys are, are just they're they're perplexed. Guys are fixers, right? They're caretakers. Right. And right. And this isn't something that you can fix. You know, the, the, there isn't. There isn't um, a tool that you can dig out of your toolbox and and build something to make everything right again, you know. And right. and when you reach when you reach situations like that, guys sort of, I think, get kind of that deer in the headlights. Like they don't know what to do. They can't fix it. What are they supposed to do? You know. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I, I guess. I would always encourage people to, um, you know, I personally, I am a big fan of family counseling. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that involving the entire family, I mean, like, you know, both, both parents, things like that, but, you know, can, can kind of help to maybe bridge that gap or, or, or uh, encourage you know, the the dad or the father just sort of get past that um, that, that bump in the road that, that's got them sort of spinning their tires. You know what I mean? And and, and yeah. everybody's going to be different. I mean, I I don't know who who you know when they ask me, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know your husband or your boyfriend or whatever. I mean, I have no idea who they are, and so it's hard to know. You know, I, I mean if. If someone, I mean, if your wife come and asked me the thing about about you, I mean, I know you well enough to know that. Well, I mean, I, I know Joel is good intentioned. I know he loves his kid. I know that he loves you. I know that he wants to do this. Maybe he's just sort of stuck, not knowing what to do. But when you don't know yeah. the whole situation, it's hard to it's hard to kind of give generic advice to a situation that is so highly dynamic. You know, it, it, it's different for everybody. Yeah. But guys, yeah, I, I mean, think, they got to step up. I think it's the fix-it thing. I, I really think it's the fix-it thing because there there have been times to where I was, you know, sometimes I get the uh, the message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. It's like, hey, my husband is completely refusing that he has a diagnosis. And, you know, I get that. Yeah, I hear that. You know, I, I, I get that. And I don't think... I don't think it's like a complete and utter refusal of the diagnosis. You know, although that might be conveyed, he may have even said that, but the reality of it is he probably said it because he's trying to avoid the reality of of it. Or, or dealing and with the emotion. I, and, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's a, a tough okay. situation. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, the, but you, you can't get you stuck. Know, it, it, you got you got to move yeah. forward, you know. That's the problem. Yeah, there were, there Too were many people. I think it's there stuck. were points where I was stuck. There were points in the in trying to get the diagnosis where I was stuck, you know. And most of it was, what do I do, you know? And yeah. how do how do what role do I fill now? You know, everything that I understand about being a dad is, you know, in another box. And here I, I am think, with this I, box. Yeah, and, you know, and how do I have to help together? Yeah, or, or just um, or it's like I was I I was 
I was I inherited this box of how to be a dad from my grandfather's and my dad's, you know, my dad. And everything you, you know, know about being a father box. is thrown out the window. It's tough because nothing yeah, that you yeah nothing that you have ever experienced is even close to preparing you for what you're going to go through. Yeah, and so you know the there's this refusal, and I felt it. There's this refusal to pick up this other set of tools right. to work on this this other project, this other fix it thing, and really fixing it is not about you know making it to where it can perform on its own, which is the ultimate goal, and you know for all of us, but making it to the end of the day. <laughs> It's it's really just more of a maintenance thing. It's like if we maintain this thing properly, it's going to perform on its own. Right. But it's a it's it's a daily maintenance type of thing for fixing. It's not a some like oh I got a couple sections of fence I got to replace. Boom, bing, boom, done. You know, it's not one of those situations. Yeah. It's it's kind of like no, you're on this uh, this part of the highway that constantly has to be maintained. And if you don't maintain it, it's going to get filled up with potholes. It's, there's a bridge section that needs to be taken care of. And I'm using these these kind of like parables saying, you know, stories or metaphors to try to, try to get, get the impression that to fix it is a constant um, tweaking, constant, you know, tweaking of oneself. And that's how the right. stuff, and it, I had to learn that I had to learn that personally, and growing to accept my role in in that is is a regular challenge, and now it's kind of like I expect the challenge. If I don't get this challenge once in a while, then I'm going to be like something's wrong. I think it's kind of like if your kids were just like, okay, we have uh, we're all good, Dad. We're going to go get jobs and go off to college. You know, go off to college, get jobs and. We're all good. We're good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're kind of stuck there going, well, what do I do now? You know? Right. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the, it's the flip side. But that was that was my, you know, the the thing. Because when, when I get asked that question, you know, I was like, what, what have you talked with your husband about? Have you gone to seek counseling? You know, there, there are counselors available. There are family, you know, there's... I think one of the biggest challenges when you're in some states and when you're dealing with the military is that family counseling doesn't always entail dealing with autistic children. You know, <laughs> so it's like they're kind of at a loss of how to deal with that family dynamic with a child with autism, let alone in your situation. Three children. Right. I think you you have a great state. It offers a lot of services. Um, uh... But... That well, a lot that, more than here. that is a mis <laughs> well that may be um <laughs> so, but I th I think I think dealing with the diagnosis is not something that is going to be um uh you know caught into two episodes of of a podcast but I think it will shine the, I think this has shown the light on the huge dynamic of what we go through as dads Right. So, yeah. I think that's all our time for this week's episode, though. All right. So, yeah. So stay tuned next week where we're uh, looking to discuss how to de how we dads deal with stress of the constant barrage of 
behavioral issues, sensory, sensory issues, etc., and all that type of stuff. And thank you again to the Coffee Clatch for all their help in making the show possible. You can learn more about the Coffee Clatch at thecoffeeclatch.com. You can find Rob online via theautismdad.com or also at Facebook and Twitter via The Autism Dad. You can learn more from many families with autism, including my own, on autismable.com or on Facebook and Twitter at username autismable. Have a great day, and we look sounds, forward to hearing from you. Sounds so professional. Well, you know, I try. <laughs> See you next time, guys. <laughs>